Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. We are halfway through the season, hot off the heels of round 10 and another exciting round of Waffle Football. We'll recap it all for you here today along with our special guest, Charlie Thompson from the Perth Football Club. He's going to jump in and have a chat with us in just a moment. Paul Persick with you alongside Taylor Cowper here on the Back Chat Studios TC. Another big round of footy. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Charlie actually. I'm just, um, I'm really interested about what the, tra- what, well, interested to hear from him what the transition from VFL to Waffles been and some of the similarities and differences between the two competitions. So, yeah, looking forward to chatting to him. And he's had a great start to the season for Perth, hasn't he? Absolutely. Mm. He's averaged some 27 disposals in uh, midfield, so he's bringing his experience from Victoria over to Western Australia. Just before we have Charlie pop in and uh, chat with us on the show today, we just want to remind our fans that all the games in Round 11 this coming weekend are live, free and in full on the AFL app. Three big games coming up in Round 11. We'll preview them all for you later this week here on Around the Waffle. This is the official podcast of the West Australian Football League, Paul Persick and Taylor Cowper. And like TC mentioned, Charlie Thompson is having a great season at the Perth Football Club, being one of their keys in midfield, and he's good enough to join us here on today's episode. Charlie, welcome to Around the Waffle. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. The transition from VFL to WAFL at first must be a really big challenge when you first step into uh, the, the West Australian Football League. What's it been like for you? Uh, yeah, it's certainly been different. Um, there's some, some differences in the in the footy and the way it's played, but I think just stepping into a competition, um, it's, I suppose without the AFL size has been probably the, the big difference. Um, it's a really even comp at the moment, as the latter sort of suggests, and um, I suppose playing at Perth, who I suppose haven't had um, the success on the field in the last few years, um, it's been you know a really sort of good start to the year, but sort of really important that we're building um, the foundation for the future. I got, this is a great insight for some of our listeners and viewers, uh, mate, because it's really interesting because obviously in the VFL, Paul, we all know that clubs are aligned with AFL teams and there's a lot of synergy between everyone. You've got Box Hill obviously with Hawthorne and you were at Richmond, weren't you? What what What's the relationship like between the AFL side and the VFL side just from a day-to-day kind of like player point of view? Yeah, I think every side's different. So um, you've obviously got your, your really aligned clubs, Richmond, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Essendon, and then you've got your sort of partially aligned clubs, which I suppose still have a, a club existence, which might be similar to the Waffle. You might have Peel Thunder. You've got your Box Hills, your Caseys, um, your Sandringhams. So I was obviously part of Richmond. Um, and we, we had a great um, program there with some success while I was there as well. Mm. Um, we train as a VFL program through pre-season, which would be sort of your, your normal three nights a week. Um, and then in season, we'd be a, a VFL program two nights a week. And then we'd move with the AFL players that were coming back to play uh, VFL on a Friday night or a Saturday morning yeah, to sure. meeting and yeah. captain's run. So there was a fair bit of time apart. Um, you, you certainly feel part of the VFL program, but the frustrating part there is you might start with, with 40 guys on the list and on the weekend you might run out with five, six, seven of them. So sure. um, there's certainly some challenges, but in a way that's balanced out with the, the access to the resources and the coaching and the mm. facilities that you get. So I really enjoyed my time at Richmond. Is it a tougher program in Perth, though, especially with uh, getting your first pre-season under your belt and then you know, straight away having to play in a couple of games before you really hit your straps? 
Uh, I think um, the, the first challenge is I didn't move over to after Christmas and I'd had ankle surgery um, in the back end of last season. So for me, it was sort of about earning respect and getting to know everyone whilst not being part of the main program um, for the first little while. So um, that was probably the first challenge. And, and then you're also sort of trying to find your feet in a new city, a new job and a new footy program all at once. So um, it's certainly been a unique experience, but I think mm. certainly the footy actually starting and getting into the week, the week-to-week week structure of a footy season has been um, the thing that's helped the most, and um, I'm really, really enjoying it now. Now, Charlie, no doubt you've been given a bit of a history and education of the history of the Perth Footy Club. Um, you're coming in at a pretty good time, really. It's they're in a bit of a rebuild phase, and they have been saying, and I'm sure you've heard it around the club, that you know the rebuild phase has been going on for quite a while. But they seem just to be getting a few things right. They're ticking a few boxes, and you you seem to be set up for some success in the next couple of years. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, I think the first thing that sort of hits you in the face when you do walk into the club is the history, um, but then also at the same time the lack of success in the last few years or you know, years gone by, 1977 was the last premiership. So, But you also realise straight away how many good people are involved. Um, and I think, you know, I've only been, been there for six months, but you think, you know, starting at the top with Barra, Trevor Williams, Germo, um, they're all really good people and they've all been part of successful programs, so they know what it takes. Um, and I think we are taking really big strides forward this year. You know, like our results have fluctuated a little bit, but I think we're... We're starting a journey with a really young group. Um, we've got you know, a lot of guys that have probably played under 20 games of senior waffle footy um, and really only probably three guys have played over 50 games. So mm. the great thing about that is we're actually going to be able to go through the entire journey together and just add little pieces along the way. Um, so I think if we if we do stick at it, um, you know, we're setting ourselves up for hopefully, and Germo always talks about this, is sustained success rather than, I suppose, a flash in the pan for, for one or two years. Always looking at the long-term picture. Mm. Long-term picture is the big, big game. We'll just want to go to your game against Peel Thunder over the weekend. It was a very competitive showing again by your boys. And for, for from yourself, an individual point of view, 30 touches and 10 tackles, even though it was a 19-point loss, it was a real big tick in the box to really keep in touch with a strong side that's looking to make their case for a top-two berth. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I suppose we, we look back on our, our round-two game against them down in Mandurah and we only managed to kick one goal, which I didn't think was reflective of the game at the time, but, you know, the score sheet still says only kick one goal. Um, and then you look, and we, we had 10 players that played in that game that didn't play on the weekend. So we've turned over 39 players now, I think, that have played senior footy already this year. Um, and, I, and I think, yeah, the weekend was a really, really competitive performance. We don't want to be happy with losing or, you know, not getting the four points. But I think at the same time, the way we played, um, we're able to pressure them, take away some of their kick mark game, particularly in the second half, I think um, was a step forward for us. Um, but at the same time, we want to be winning. And, you know, we look at some of the key areas of our game um, in terms of ball movement, inside 50s and things like that. And we were still a little way off where we want to be. Some of our entries going inside 50, we looked back on the review last night, were really costed. So as much as, yeah, happy to be competitive, competitive against a good side, we also look at it and go, well, was it another missed opportunity to get four points? Um, that still, still stings. And another big game this weekend against East Perth at Leaderville Oval. Hey, um, Charlie, thank you so much for your time on the podcast uh, this week, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. It's uh, The future's looking pretty bright there at Lathlane Oval. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Cheers.
Charlie Thompson from the Perth Football Club. Very well spoken, uh, yeah. Charlie. Got a very good uh, perspective on his football coming from Victoria over to Western Australia. All the best to the Demons, too, in that big game against East Perth. We'll preview that on Thursday. Of course, every game is live, free, and in full on the AFL app in Round 11. Three games on a big, big weekend of footy. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Let's get to the reviews, TC, the four games that took place in round 10. The first one, I know you'll be pretty satisfied with this one. East Fremantle getting the job done against Swan Districts at the WACA Grand in Perth. It was a must-win for them, and they delivered thanks to big Dylan O'Reilly, who kicked six goals. Exactly right. And um, we've put in our notes, Paul, that their season is kind of getting back on track a little bit. They got the bye this weekend, obviously. They're not going to be playing any footy, so that, that's good timing for them. They just get a, a win heading in a bye. And then I guess any team that's playing the Eagles this season out of a bye, is in pretty good shape. So uh, East Fremantle, they'll uh, obviously won't get a win this weekend, but they'll get the win the following weekend. So it just kind of helps them get their season back on track. And then round 13, who do they have? I've got it here in front of me, West Perth. So they travel up the Pentanet Stadium, right. massive round for them. So, you know, their attention, even though it's on the Eagles, they kind of start focusing now on, um, on West Perth. Uh, Swan Districts, they look good in stages. They just couldn't get the job done. Uh, it was great to be there. I was actually, uh, they had a past players event. I think around the waffle, there was a few clubs that did yeah, over the did, weekend. Yeah. And um, I was chatting to a couple of the East Fremantle past players and, you know, they were playing really well. There was a run in the third quarter that East Fremantle scored three or four goals to start the third. And, uh, you know, Swan Districts just didn't have a chance to get back in. But they looked pretty solid they around the ground, but just could convert. Yeah, third quarter really was the difference when you look at the, the game as a whole. I mean, for five goals to just one in that third quarter, especially with Dylan O'Reilly providing a big influence. Harrison Marsh was huge yep. with two goals. Dixon, Hugh Dixon, once again, is really starting to get better and better. 24 touches, seven marks, as well as 15 hitouts in the ruck. Hugh Dixon, we, we and and this we like saying that we love to give play. We, we we do go hard on players when they don't play well, and we did go hard on Hugh we at did. the start of the season. But around 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 about eight, round eight. Round seven, round eight, he just flicked the switch and he it's just continued that form, even though they've lost, obviously, to East Perth and South Fremantle. Those those two games, he was by far the best player for East Fremantle on the park. So it's been good to see him sustain that. Moving around the ground a little bit probably helped him a bit. I know when he was playing in that forward 50 area, just like as a standalone, just staying in that role the whole game, he did struggle at times. But for him to move around, he's got a great kick inside 50 he as does, well. Yeah. So, no, good to see Hugh. Um, you know, we would have loved to have seen him this year probably be at the Eagles list because I reckon he probably would have been good playing the form of footy that he is right now on an AFL side. Yeah, he's got the calibre, he's got the football quality, he's got the footy IQ to be in an Eagles list mm. like that. And if the Eagles have him on the radar again, fingers crossed they do, yeah. he's going to be a very big addition for the Eagles so in yeah, future we, years. So credit, yeah, credit's due. You know, Hugh, you've done a great job the last couple of weeks and yeah. keep it up. No, he's mm. been fantastic. Uh, Swan Districts, Aidan Clark and Jarvis Pina, they kept the Swans in it. They saw a lot of the footy as well, but they just struggled to get that continuity up forward, especially in the third quarter when they were still in it. They were only down by about two goals at half time, but they just lacked the necessary structure to find their main avenues to goal. Like Jesse Palmer, he only kicked two, but he had 12, uh, 12 touches. And Braden Noble, usually good up forward, 
even though he kicked two goals, wasn't as impactful as he usually is. And I know we keep saying it in this podcast, Paul, but the, the Swan District's dropping the two games that they did at home earlier on in the year. It's kind of like South Fremantle. You feel yeah. like these two sides, you know, they're pretty similar with, with positions on the ladder, but these two sides, their seasons have been very, very similar. They've got another tough game uh, this weekend against West Perth. Big game. Obviously up at Pentonet as well. Huge game. They've got the bye the following week, so... Yeah, it's a tough couple of weeks for Swan Districts. And, you know, like we said the other week, they'll be really lamenting those two losses at home, especially when they were so close. They were grabbable games. Yeah, they certainly were. Big congratulations to East Fremantle. Great win for them over at the Wacker. Let's go to the second game on Saturday, Mineral Resources Park. It was a real tough game out there between Perth and Peel Thunder. The Thunder just getting the job done. Four goals each in the last quarter. But like East Fremantle, it was the second quarter, mm. the, uh, third quarter for East Fremantle, second quarter for Peel Thunder. That was huge. Four goals uh, each, but Peel Thunder, they just pulled away when it when it really mattered the most. And it was another big forward, Seb Kuek, yeah. another six. He did great. And uh, I know that we've been hearing a lot that, you know, if he's not pushing for AFL selection, especially after the, the round that the Fremantle Dockers had on, oh. on Saturday afternoon against the GWS Giants. So hopefully he can start pushing so he's got um, his, you know, selection prowess in there. Um Really great from a Perth point of view in this game. They yeah. were really competitive in this game. You said the second quarter was the difference, and it really was. But, you know, to only lose by 20 points to a really informed side, and, you know, there's a lot of promise there for is. Perth. And we spoke to our guest Charlie before, Charlie Thompson from Perth, and, you know, there are a lot of great signs. And, you know, you know what it's like in a rebuild. You're not going to get wins every single week, and there's going to be a lot more losses than there are uh, wins. But... Really promising signs at Perth. They're starting to really start to get the ball rolling, and it looks promising for them. It does. It's all about the long-term focus for the Perth Football Club, and to get a result like that, even though it was a loss, but to only get within 19, 20 points of a side that is staking their claim for a spot in the top two is a really good sign. Not just Charlie Thompson. He was fantastic. Reagan Clark, 26 touches, five marks. But Jack Avery, he's continuing to really prop up in the possession count. He saw a lot of the footy, 27 touches and 12 marks. He, too, is having another outstanding season. I think that's their pillars in midfield, Thompson and Avery. Those are the two to watch out for. Well, what I was going to say was just from an overall team perspective, Peel Thunder's defence was fantastic. Yes. Obviously, for Seb to go forward and kick six as well, they're obviously delivering the ball inside 50 really well. But for Perth to be able to perform at the level that they did and kick 10 goals in this game, Mm. especially when that forward line, uh, sorry, that back line for Peel Thunder is so strong, you know, that's that's, uh, like, if I'm a Perth fan at the moment, I'm excited. Yeah, excited for the future. If I was a Peel fan, I'd definitely be excited for the second half of the season as well. You're in with a chance mm. of securing one, two, or three come the finals yeah. because with that back line, the midfield and the forward line operating and as continuous as it can be on any given day, and under Jeff Valentine, who's just signed a contract well, extension for two more years, the future's looking bright for well, Peel as well, well. We're hoping that we can get him on for the show later on in the week mm. to preview the round coming up, and he would be a great getter. Just talk about... Because we spoke to Charlie before as well, obviously the alignments that are in the VFL and then the direct alignments, I guess you could call them kind of like what the Eagles have done um, here in WA, but yeah, they've they've just nailed it, haven't they? They've they done a have. great job and looking forward to chatting to him. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Valentine will be a great get to here on Around the Waffle. Now, we go to the third match and my golly, Subiaco, they really turned it on against the Falcons. They layeth the smacketh down on the reigning premiers. <laughs> 17-11 to 8-10 Subiaco. They are back where they belong atop the ladder. I reckon they are massive contenders to win this year. Oh, yeah. Um, I reckon they're going to be up there. I reckon they... Did you? Where did you have them in your 
five. I had them had around them fourth or fifth because, yeah. uh, you know, often very tough, you know, to come back into the five when you've missed the previous year. Often very yeah. tough. But the way Subiaco mm. have accelerated their climb, especially with the likes of Sokol and Gyro being in form, and also Zach Clark. The Zach Clark <laughs> effect yeah. has been absolutely fantastic for Subiaco. Now, he has just been fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to going through our top five a little bit later on. I've had a bit of a sneak preview of what they are, and if that doesn't give anything away, I don't know what will, but <laughs> he has been fantastic for Subiaco. He's been in, some would argue, kind of career best form as oh, well, yeah. obviously. And in his 30s as well. Yeah, he's been playing great. Um, what's going on with West Perth, though? I would love to know. They, in my own opinion, they're a bit fragmented at the moment. And especially they've got some injuries to a couple of players. Mark Hamilton uh, suffered an injury in the game the week before against yeah. South Fremantle. And their forward line's not operating as effectively. They're relying too heavily on Kytel. Now, credit to him. He kicked five goals. Great effort from him. But they're just not finding any other avenues to goal. They're often finding that one target yeah. up forward from midfield. And they're just not delivering. There's something that needs to be addressed over there at West Perth. Or otherwise, their premiership defence is gone. They'll miss the five. Yeah. You've put in our notes the West Perth curse. curse. Is that... Not, not, don't know that, but is that where they win or make the grand final and the following year they're out of the finals? Correct. So 2003, they won the premiership, finished sixth in 2004. 2013, they won the premiership, they finished seventh in 2014. So, yeah, I do have my doubts. So to be honest with you, if we look at it, the top five as it stands at the moment from West Perth point of view, they're sitting outside of it. Outside the They're five. behind East Frio, East Perth, Peel, Claremont and Subiaco. Yep. We'll go through that in a little bit more depth soon, but... You know, those top, those five that are in front of them, they're hard teams for West Perth to beat oh, at the yeah. moment. And the way they're playing, the form that they're in, I can't see them beating any of those five. The game that is really going to really be a barometer test and a temperature test for West Perth is the game in two weeks uh, against uh, East Fremantle. So course. I'm going to keep a really keen interest in that game. Thank goodness from a West Perth point of view that it's actually at Joondal. At home, yeah. So, But they haven't been winning games there no. this year. They've been struggling. Only so, twice they've won this year at home. And like you say, Paul, they laid the smacketh down mm. with East Fremantle in the finals last year there. Just thought I'd And in round five of the Wacker, I'll give you that exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that one goes. That's going to be an interesting game as it comes to hand later on in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. Certainly so, will be. But West Perth, they've got to do something, Paul. They have to. They've mm. got to address something right now or otherwise their season's done. What about East Perth in the final game on the Sunday afternoon, four wins in a row. They are in the five. I'm just going to say, you know, you look at Subiaco, they've been great, so too Claremont, but the form side is East Perth. Yeah. Four wins in a row, three of them against fellow top five contenders. And to do it against South Fremantle at Fremantle Oval, usually a hard place to win. Yep. They were fantastic in, now, the, in the second now half. Now, before in we get in this game, the waffle, they've got to look at doing more Sunday afternoon fixtures. Oh, yeah. Because in Fremantle, I was I didn't actually go to the game, but I was in Fremantle just in an event those couple of days. And, you know, for that afternoon, sorry. Yeah. And there were so many East Perth people around, so many South Fremantle people around. And the, the vibe was just great around that area. So yeah. if we can get more Sunday afternoon games in Frio... Oh well, really? Any leaderboard would be a great place to Anywhere. have them as well. Anywhere, but it was, it, I reckon it's a great fixturing. You you don't have much junior footy on a, on a Sunday, but great move for the footy commission. I think they should start looking at that a little bit more, especially when you don't have the Dockers and the Eagles playing that day as well. It really does. Well, help. this weekend both the Eagles and the Dockers are playing on Saturday, and the majority of the round eleven games are on the Sunday, and yeah. both of them big. So that's great. Just keep doing that. I think if you have your standalone games, especially on a Sunday, it's great. East Perth, you know, we've spoken about it four in a row now. They are well and truly humming along. And to, that's a statement win. Mm. We, we talk about South Fremantle. They've obviously struggled this year, starting two games behind. But for them to come, 
come to South Fremantle, to come to Fremantle Overland win the way that they did, just shows that they are real, real contenders to go deep in the finals, and I really want to see them do that. Um, but what is going on at South Fremantle? They obviously lost the two games, or they started two games back. We all thought that we're going to really struggle to get uh, any sort of you know progression in their season this year, starting that far behind, and it's come to be. And and you just this wonder if it's gone. like a psychological thing where they just go, yeah, we're we're not going to make it, so let's just like hold back a little bit. I'm not 100 percent sure. You can but never hold back. You can never ever hold back, regardless of if you start one game back or two games back. You never ever hold back and say our season's done because of that. You've got to keep winning your games. They did not do that. Look at the three home losses. Mm. Swan Districts, they should Perth. have won that one. Perth, they should yeah. have won, and they should have beaten East Perth. Mm. Their season's done. Their season now, is done. Just one of the things for South Fremantle, I think, has been a little bit underrated this year. And we won't spend too much time on it. Is the loss of some of their really mature players. That's hurt. The one person that I think of that they really could have used this Sunday was Hayden Sloyth. Yes. Um, they've lost some of those players. They've lost some of those 100-plus players. And Brock Higgins hasn't been featured yeah. in the league side so since. So I'm wondering if if that's something that we as the media or we as pundits for the Waffle have overlooked a little bit. Yeah. I know there's been the stories about them losing the games and all that kind of stuff, but they have lost a lot of players, and I don't think we focused on that enough. So, yeah. yeah. But, but there is a, a positive. What I will say, as much as I'll say their season's done, there has been a lot of positives for them over the last couple of weeks, especially when you talk about the likes of Dragovic and Florenka. Yep. Their midfield tandem was very good. They each had uh, over 20 touches each. Uh, but in the forward line, they had Manfred Kelly. He kicked two, but he struggled. But on the other side of the coin, if you look at East Perth's midfield, that's AFL calibre. Yeah. I mean, Schumacher, uh, Scott, he's been incredible. Mitch Crowden, who came into uh, to the East Perth side this year. Nick Robinson, who's starting to hit some form. But also, up forward, you're looking at the new goal-kicking weapon, Sam Van, Sam Van Diemen, who kicked three straight. Yeah, he did great. Really, really good. So East Perth, they're firing. One of the best things about South Fremantle, and I don't really give them too much credit, but I went to their team store the other week yes. when I was down at the game that they played against Perth, yeah. and they've got really great wine glasses. So it's got the South Fremantle logo on it. They're fantastic. So I reckon more <laughs> Waffle Clubs would do that. If yeah. East Fremantle had one, I'd buy one. I reckon if West Perth had them, you'd probably buy them as well. But that, that's fantastic marketing. Message to all great. Waffle teams. Get some nice wine, wine glasses. glasses. Yes, how about that? <laughs> that's all the games completed for round 10. The latter as it stands after the first half of the season. Subiaco on top, followed by Claremont, Peel Thunder, East Perth, rising up to fourth, and East Fremantle making up the five. The bottom half, West Perth, Swan Districts, South Fremantle, Perth, and West Coast. Uh, just a reminder, every game in round 11 this coming weekend is live, free, and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, TC, so you've had a sneak peek of yeah. the Around the Waffle Player of the Year votes for Round 10. And we, can we can announce them right now. Now, because there is a condensed round over the last couple of rounds, we must send a reminder that there will be uh, multiple players from the same team that may get votes as yes, well. But, but like we say, you've got to be winning footy. Got to be winning. And, you know, it'll all work itself out, won't it? Absolutely. Um, I will just say, I'm going to try and go down to the team store this weekend. Yep. And I'm going to grab one of those wine glasses because we're obviously a visual medium here. I'm going to show everyone what it's like and let all the other waffle teams see them. And all then right. uh, we, we, I reckon get, get them made, send them through to us, and we'll test them all out for yeah, you. Test out all the wine glass. We'll have a special wine glass testing uh, yes, during the will. season. All right, uh, player votes. Do you want to go through them? Let's go. Let's one it. vote goes to Dylan O'Reilly of East Fremantle. His six-goal haul was just outstanding. Yeah. He is back in form. Probably two a bit votes. unlucky not to go up a bit higher. Yeah, a little bit yeah. unlucky, but two votes 
Hugh Dixon, like Tico, we said, yep. just getting better and better, and we are happy to sing his praises. He has really flicked the switch. Three go- uh, three votes. Sebit Kuwak of Peel Thunder, yeah. six goals. And if the Dockers don't select him for the game uh, this weekend, then there's something wrong. Well, if we have our special guest on uh, later in the week, we'll be able to ask him, I reckon, straight up. What, you know, the Dockers talking to him, what's the go? So looking forward to that. Put him in the hot yeah. seat, maybe. Four votes. Angus Schumacher continuing his great form this season. 38 disposals and nine inside fishes as well. His service to the forward line, just brilliant. And the Around the Waffle top gun of round 10, five votes. Who else? Zach Clark of Subiaco. Yeah, so that's, um, I don't know if, that must be his second 10 game, five game round, because he's now sitting second on our ladder, just behind Jai Bolton. He who, pulled four, and okay, then one, one, and okay. that was, and that that was his sense. first top gun player. Oh, you got one last week, that's yes, right, I do remember that. Milan Murdoch, obviously from East Fur, he's in third. Yep. Tommy North uh, from East Perth, he's in fourth along with his uh, his teammate, Big Gussie. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's, Mate, we've got a lot of players on this list. So 39 players in total yeah. that have polled votes for this season so far. It's fantastic, really. So looking forward to seeing how it goes. And like we always say, you've got to be winning footy to be on in this list. But I, I don't reckon there's... There's representatives from every team on this list, which is great to see. Absolutely, it certainly is. It goes to show that, uh, like you said, TC, you've got to be winning your games, mm. and there's been a lot of winners in 2023. Now, just before we go, TC, just quickly, uh, big news, of course, before the round. Jeff Valentine, yeah. the Peel Thunder coach, is going to be staying at the club for another two years. Fantastic for him. We're hoping to get him on the show on uh, later on in the week, so yeah. have a chat with him about that. And I'm really keen to hear the coach's perspective if we get him on around the alignment, yeah. what that looks like, because they're getting it right. They are. So I'm, I'm really keen to get a coach's perspective on it. Same here. Mm. It's, it's a very important perspective. But no, in the congratulations world to Jeff. You know, well-deserved. He's, he's got that team humming along at the moment. Absolutely. Currently in the top three. TC, great job. I'll see you on Thursday. See you then. Thank you. And to our viewers and listeners, we thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of Around the Waffle. We have socials in operation, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. We look forward to your company on Thursday when we preview Round 11. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.